Blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. This episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see... And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. This, my friends, this Sunday night, Sunday evening, however we'd like to phrase this here, was a big boy win. You know me, on this pod, I always love the big boy games, and the raps showed up for this one, and... I mean, the Utah Jazz simply did not. They got their butts whooped. I don't even know why I paused on swearing right there, but Utah Jazz go down 130 to 110. Again, 130 to 110. And it, was, it wasn't even that close. That's the thing. The game wasn't even that close. 130 to 110, and the Raps were up by 40 at halftime. 40. Utah is lucky that they only lost by 20. (laughs) That's insane. But again, what is not insane is this Wrap It Up podcast. As mentioned earlier, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you to the people who are showing up live and watching the podcast on Twitter at Shell Alexander. We take your comments and questions there because we want to hear from you. This is your post-game show, people. Again, on Twitter at Shell Alexander. When you see that link... Send in your comments and questions. We'll read them on the show. We got another feed going up as well on Instagram. That one takes. We take your comments and questions there as well. You can follow up on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. The podcast, in case you want to go watch some football, don't worry, we got you covered. This podcast ends up online afterwards. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube as well. Just search On Blast Podcast. On Blast podcast is the network wrap it up is the show where we discuss everything going on with your toronto raptors including their latest win which again is a beatdown, 130 to 110 over the utah jazz and i mentioned off the top big boy game why do i call it a big boy game because it's a regular season right and throughout the regular season as mentioned if you are a team kind of like the Raptors where you play hard every night I say you can be a 500 team in the NBA off of just playing your ass off and giving effort night in and night out and we know the Raptors are a bit better than that we know that but at the end of the day you match up you know the games that get circled on the calendar and when you look across and you see playoff teams and let's be serious the Raps coming into this game are what two and four against teams above 500 now you beat down whoever's in front of you, just ask the Lakers, who've had a way easier schedule than anyone else in the league. But bottom line, when you have the big boy games, do you show up in those moments? And the Toronto Raptors were definitely ready for this game right off the bat. And this, because it's a homestand, but also you're leading up to a week of big boy games because you got the uh, Miami Heat waiting for you on Tuesday, and you want to get off to a good start. You want to get those wins when you can. And first things first, you got some good news in terms of Serge Ibaka being back. And if you're the Raps, the way that your bench has played, 
and you add your bench, your best bench player to that rotation that has now solidified itself, that's a good look. Raps fans excited to see that. And you come into this game and you had an eight and two record without Kyle and Serge. Eight and two record. I said it on last podcast. I want to find the person that would have predicted that record without Kyle and Serge. I'll definitely shake that person's hand because I didn't expect that. So the Raps were looking good coming into this game and they showed early on that they were ready. And the reality is, I don't know what Utah, like, (laughs) I don't know if this was a Toronto flu. Some people call it the King Street flu. (laughs) I don't know what went on with Utah, but they were not ready to start this game at all. Someone who was ready to start the game was Pascal Siakam and Marc Gasol. And Marc Gasol in this game, this was one of those things where early on, now you, you might have forgotten because it seems like it was so long ago, Marc Gasol had 11 points all in the first quarter. It was four of eight, three of five from three. Again, that was all work done in the first quarter. But the key to it and the reason why this happened is because you could see that Utah's game plan early was that Rudy Gobert was going to cheat. He wasn't really playing defense and guarding Gasol. He doesn't want to come out to the three-point line where Marc Gasol's roaming. Gobert wants to stay in the key, and more importantly, he wanted to be able to sag off and help on Siakam or anyone else driving to the basket. You could tell that was their game plan early. And what do the Raps do? What does a vet Marc Gasol do? Okay, that means I got to knock down shots. And he did that. He burned Rudy Gobert, who was cheating, started off, hit two of three from three early on, then even had a dunk. (laughs) And that to me is when you know Gasol's feeling it because I don't know how many times I've seen Gasol get up for a dunk. But again, he had 11 points in that first quarter. And once he got it going, that meant that Rudy Gobert wasn't able to cheat. He had to at least somewhat at least show and, and, you know, not be that presence in front of the rim that he wants to be. And then that just opened things up for Spicy P who had a monster game. Pascal Siakam, if you remember, last game in Orlando, Pascal came out and went 4 of 22 against the Orlando Magic. In this game, he started out 8 of 10. Like, he just went buck noodles off the front end. And he was doing it all, whether it was threes, whether it was just driving to the basket. It was apparent very early that no one on the Utah Jazz could guard Pascal Siakam. It was just, I know that sounds simplistic, but he was giving them a little bit of everything. The Raptors' run was just crazy, and as always, if you know, if you follow this team, it started out on the defensive end. And they were turning over the Jazz, getting blocks or steals, getting out and running, and as mentioned, Pascal was going crazy. He had 19 points early. I want to say at the end of the first quarter, Pascal had 19, and he really capped a 23-2 to run. That was the last number I had it at. It might have even been more than that, but They just went crazy at the end of the first quarter. 37 points the Raptors scored in the first quarter. And they led 37 to 20 after one. 30 of those 37 points were scored by Gasol and Siakam. Again, Raptors after the first quarter led 37 to 20. 30 of those 37 points were scored by Marc Gasol and Pascal Siakam. And when you get off to that good of a start, The rest of the team just follows suit, and it's all defense. And then you know the Raps are going to double down on that defense when the Hustle Gang checks in. And Serge Ibaka, with his new running mates, in terms of Terrence Davis and Rondé, they get in the game, and 
we know what these guys bring. It's all energy. It's all hustle. And if they were already out efforting the Jazz, when you go to your bench, you know that that is just going to continue. <laughs> I point to Rondé getting an and one early where it kind of bounced in and he, he shimmied his way in. You can tell that this team is having a lot of fun. And when you're getting out and running, you're spacing the floor, the threes were going down, the Raps started 12 of 18 from three, and it's just a matter of people are shooting wide open shots. The ball movement is crispy. When someone gets a steal, everyone knows to get out and run because you can get the ball. Selfless basketball, and the Raps just blew this game out. This game was done in the second quarter. Uh, they finished with a season-best 77 points in the first half. <laughs> the Raptors led 77 to 37 at half. I mentioned how good the offense looked because of the ball movement, because of a lot of the points coming in transition. The Raps shot 60% at the half. They were 13 of 19 from three, and this is a telltale stat. 21 assists on 29 made field goals. That means everyone's getting involved. Everyone's touching the ball. Nobody's taking difficult shots or forcing shots. It's all coming in within the flow of the offense. And when the Raps are moving the ball like that, you can beat anybody. Anybody in the league. Utah had no chance. Add that to the defense. And the defensive side of things were that in that second quarter where the Raps made their crazy run, Utah only shot 19%. And when you're playing defense, that's where it starts from the Raptors. And that's why this Raptors team is such a joy to watch because the effort and the defensive intensity travels. It's one thing you can bet on night in, night out, especially Pascal being the best example because you saw last game, his shot wasn't falling, didn't matter. He found other ways to contribute. And then tonight his shot was falling, but what was the constant? Defensive intensity. Raps had four blocks and 11 steals in that first half. Utah looked lost. And some more stats just to show how crazy that first half was. The Raps started the game. This is at halftime. The Raps started the game two for eight. After that, they were shooting 68%. 68% at the half. That's what the Raps were shooting. That's insane. I mentioned the start that Pascal and, and uh, Marcus Gasol had. <laughs> Pascal had 26 points in the first half. Gasol had 11 Pascal and Marc Gasol tied the Utah Jazz at half, 37-37. to 37. That is just crazy. When you're getting production like that, the Raptors are hard to beat, and it was the biggest halftime lead in the NBA this season, the biggest halftime lead in Raptors history, the biggest halftime deficit in Utah history, and it was tied for the eighth biggest halftime margin in NBA history. <laughs> 77 to 37. How many people saw that come across their Twitter feed? Or how many people saw that in a text message and thought, is that right? <laughs> That's got to be a mistake. Because that number doesn't seem like it's real life. But it was. Rap's just doing mega, mega, mega work in this game. And you're seeing it. The reason why, it's because... You just keep seeing this team put out the defensive effort night in, night out, and that's what matters most. When you get that effort on defense, the team is able to continue and other teams don't match that effort. That's what happens. Really, 
off effort, the raps come out in the game and, and you have to match their level of intensity and effort off the bat. And if you don't, you end up getting run out of the gym. And that's what happened to Utah in this game. I mean, it's sad, sounds simplistic, but that's what went down. And you could tell Utah, Utah showed some life in the third. I made the joke on Twitter. I don't know if the Jazz told the Raps at halftime where they went last night and the Raps decided to check out that party. But Utah came out in the third quarter and Utah cut the lead to 16. And yes, obviously some of that is the Raps taking their, their foot off the pedal, being up by 40. But Utah's guards, you saw the difference in the game, right? Utah's guards were driving in the lane and the Raps didn't have the same defensive intensity they did in the first half. The penetration was getting in and... They cut the lead to 16. It was Connolly and it was uh, Donovan Mitchell. They're getting into the lane. They're making plays. And they made the game somewhat frisky, I guess, at 16 points. But at the end of the day, that's way too much of a comeback to ask a team to make. But end of the day, even a third quarter, this has to be the most deflating part. Utah, in the third quarter, outscored the Raptors 49-30. to Again, they scored 49 points in the third quarter, shot 72% in that third quarter, and we're still down by 21 points. <laughs> that is insane. Again, none of these numbers make sense. And normally I don't come out here and like spew numbers out, but there's just too many crazy, crazy numbers going on. And despite Utah's semi-run, uh, the Jazz pulled the plug in the fourth quarter. They went to their bench. They're, they got a second night of a back-to-back -back going on. So they they waved the white flag in that one. <laughs> but still, the Raptors just looking like complete beasts in this game. 130 to 110. Again, Pascal Siakam with 35 points on 14 of 22 shooting in this game. Uh, <laughs> how many Raptors in double figures? Five. The entire starting lineup, three guys off the bench. That's eight players in double digits. For the raps and Fred Van Fleet. Let's let's give Freddie some love here. Freddie finishes with 21 points, 11 assists, 6 of 10 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3. And Kyle's about to come back. There was some talk of whether Kyle might have played this game, and obviously he didn't. But Fred Van Fleet continues to play at such a high level. And Pascal's getting a lot of the intention the attention in terms of the glow up this season and taking that next step. But Fred Van Fleet, you could argue, has taken an even bigger step this year than Pascal has. Freddie, in his 11 games without Kyle Lowry, 21 points, 7.5 assists, 3.8 rebounds, while also shooting 40% from three, 44% from the floor, and is playing 37.5 minutes per game. Leading the NBA in minutes. That's insane. Again, Fred Van Fleet might be taking a bigger leap this season than Pascal is. And because of what Pascal is doing, right? Like all the attention's on Pascal. But what Fred has done in this in this moment without Kyle has been insane. And I wonder what's going to happen now when Kyle comes back. I mean, Kyle to me seems like the savvy vet that's going to let Fred cook. Like Kyle's not going to come in and like just be jacking shots like he's gonna let freddie do his thing you can tell just by the relationship that those two guys have that 
Kyle's not here to disrupt things. He's going to let Freddie still cook. But it's a beautiful thing to see the glow up that Fred Van Fleet has put up this season as well. So great news there. As mentioned, Serge Ibaka making his return and a funny moment late in the game where uh, Freddie's standing beside the bench. <laughs> a spin move by Serge. Serge thinks Freddie's on the floor spotting up for a corner three and he passes it to him on the bench. And everyone has a good laugh at Serge. But it's good to have the Mafuzi chef back. Serge looked a little rusty, but still finished with 13 points. And either way, it's good to have him back in the lineup. And I know that the casualty of Serge coming back is Chris Boucher's minutes. He really only got in in garbage time. But the overall like blessing that this is, is now you can rest Marc Gasol. You can give Gasol a night off because you know Boucher is there. You can ease Serge's minutes because you know... Gasol, or sorry, because you know Boucher is there. You can lessen Siakam's minutes because you know, hey, you can give Boucher some spot minutes at the four beside Serge or beside Marc Gasol. So I wouldn't worry too much. I know people are kind of, oh no, this means Boucher's not going to get any more minutes. But these are good problems to have, people. Great problems to have. But speaking of the people, let's get to some comments here because there's lots of people filtering in. Let's start on Twitter. Logan checks in and says, I knew they wouldn't blow the melt, but they just having way too much fun right now. Easy dubs all day. I mean, they did blow the melt, <laughs> but point remains. I know what you're saying. It wasn't going to be 40. Utah is too good to just get blown out by 40. So to make it a 20 point drubbing is still a thing, but hey, great showing by the raps. Um, Inchas checks in and says, good evening, Sheldon. Fun game, but I can't make sense of it. I think it's simply teams are still not ready for what the Raptors are. They're not ready for the Raps. There's still a narrative out there when, again, I keep trying to, I talked about it a little last game about how the Raps foundation, okay? When you go back to this team that Masai Ujiri has, ever since... Ever since they made that Rudy Gay trade, and they had this depth, they had depth. That's what that trade gave them, right? The Toronto Raptors have been a team where the sum of the parts is why they're successful, right? They have great depth. They've always been that. Whether you go back to the Grievous and Lou Will team, whether you switch that out and then the emergence of the bench mob when like it was Pascal and Freddie and uh, DeLon right? Like the strength of the team was the depth. The Raps were always a good team because, and you got to give credit to Masai and even Dwayne Casey, the whole pound the rock, but night in, night out, we grinded out defensively. That's an organizational structure that has been there for a long time. And the Raps were always good in the regular season because of that. Because again, if you come out and you play hard on the defensive end every night, you will win a lot of games in the NBA. And we're seeing that right now. So that hasn't changed. People are all thrown off by the Kawhi year. And I even seeing talk now, but are you enjoying this season as opposed to the last season more and all that stuff? And again, the reminder, Kawhi was brought here for the playoffs and to win a chip. The Raptors were always a good regular season team. They always were. That was it. Kawhi was brought here for the chip. So this, what the Raps are doing now, they're doing it better than I thought they would have for sure, but they're showing you 
that at its base level, its basic fundamental level, this Toronto Raptors team will always be good because they play defense and because they give out effort on both ends of the floor. And some teams don't do that. Even your top-tier teams, like, you know, the Lakers are going to win a lot of games just because Anthony Davis and LeBron are better than anyone else on the other team. So they're going to win a lot of games just off of talent, right? When you add talent that the Raps have, then add in their effort and hard work every night, that's when you get games like this. So Utah comes in on the road, and they're thinking, okay, we know this is a good team, but you're not ready for that first punch in the face. It's a wrap. And that's what happened to Utah. Uh, Austin checks in with a great point on Twitter. He says, Pascal took 22 shots in this game and in Orlando, but he hit 14 of them tonight and only four of them on Friday. Yeah, Pascal, Pascal's looking good, man. The scoring is there. He's doing everything. He's playing defense. It's great. It's really, really good to see what Pascal Siakam is doing. Um, Mike checks in and says, LMAO, the Jazz are supposed to be a good team. I mean, I think they're still a good team. They just came out sluggish to start the game. That's all. I still think Utah is a good team. Just the Raps are also a good team. And if you don't come out prepared against another good team, you're going to lose. That's just how the NBA works. Let's get to some more comments. Wonder how Max Kellerman will give credit to the Jazz tomorrow like he did the Sixers. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. Again, I urge you guys to stop putting so much stake and caring so much about what the U.S. media says. Watch the games. Try to understand the games on your own. But just know that they don't really watch the Raptors that much. They don't. I point back to the NBA Finals, and I give Shaq credit for at least being honest. In Oh, no, it wasn't the NBA Finals. It was game game five, maybe? or game four, whatever it was, middle of the series against the Bucks, and one of the games where Freddie and Norm started to get it going, and Shaq just kept calling them the others. And Ernie said, come on, they have names. And Shaq was honest and said, oh, I don't even know who these guys are. And I know that he should. Obviously, he should. Not denying that. But it just goes to show that you put so much stock into what the U.S. media is talking about your team, and the U.S. media doesn't watch your team. It's just that simple. And if they didn't watch and didn't know what was going on last year with Kawhi, if they weren't giving the Raptors credit and putting them at the top of the power rankings with Kawhi, they're not going to do it now. So stop waiting on it, and who cares about what they have to say? Right? Just what I'm thinking. Emma says, great depth undersells Pascal's advantage over everyone. No one on the Jazz can guard him. Totally true. I mentioned that before. He looked up at whoever it was, Bogdanovich, O'Neal. Those guys were getting cooked. Didn't matter. And there was one interesting play. They showed the replay a couple times to show, to me, the maturity of what Pascal's doing now. And he knew Gobert was coming for the double, but he got the ball. He had the post up. He dribbled, waited, dribbled, waited, seen that Gobert wasn't coming, and then just cooked O'Neal for the, for the bucket. Pascal, the maturity of knowing that the game kind of slows down once you get this consistent and this good, 
the game kind of slows down and you realize that you can't be stopped by dudes. It's all on you playing at your own speed. And again, that was something from Kawhi the GOAT we saw last year. Just saying, just saying. This Raptors team is a treat to watch, man. It's so much fun. And more comments here. A lot of teams don't expect the Raptors to be this good. We know better. Hard not to like this team. I agree. So just enjoy watching your great team. <laughs> and forget listening to what anyone else has to say. That's why we try to build this space here where we can have conversations. We can share ideas. I can tell you what I think. I can tell you that, you know, I've obviously worked. I work in the industry. I've worked in the industry for a long time. Um, I even hesitate to say how long because it's been that long and it kind of scares me how long it's been. But the point remains, I try to give my opinion, but I'm not telling you that I'm perfect or I know all. I'm here to listen to you guys and, and share ideas and bounce each other, bounce ideas off each other because let's be honest, okay? It's basketball. It's fun. We all want to see the rap succeed. And so at the end of the day, the run that they're on right now, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Uh, Fly Miss says, forever underdogs, even as champs. Totally agree. Uh, Dvad checks in and says, I could give a rat's ass on what they say south of the border. I like that. I like that energy. I really do. Alex says, I still don't understand why or how you can care about what any outside opinions when this team just won the championship. Who cares, man? Alex, I totally agree. And you know I've been saying that. And I say this too because there's things where I see someone referencing uh, Big Perk knows what's going on and and you know I'm not even playing the game of agreeing with someone in the US media like I'm not going to be here and be like oh because this guy says he agrees with me in the US so I'm going to big him up it's not even about that what I urge people to do is be careful of who you're listening to right because you have talking heads who are just watching TV and watching the same games you are. You have some people who are insiders who might have insight and stuff they're getting from sources who are inside the room. And then you have former players who have a completely different insight, who obviously know more about the intangibles and what it takes to win and, you know, see different things and adjustments and also have sources of guys they used to play with to understand what guys do. But it's not just as blanketed as, here's what ESPN's power ranking says. Who cares, <laughs> right? Who wrote, like, you guys can make up your own power rankings, and we'll put up a wrap it up power rankings every Monday and make the Raptors first every week. Does that matter? <laughs> no. So who cares? Because that's literally all they're doing. Uh, so much good to talk about in this game. I want to see Kyle Lowry back on this team, and it'll be very interesting. And I assume, well, we know for sure. Kyle's definitely going to be back by the time they play Philly. So you assume he'll be back. I think he'll be back next game. And I'm excited to see how this team works with Kyle Lowry coming back. And if you saw tonight that with Serge back, Chris Boucher's minutes took a hit. Then when Kyle comes back, do we think that's going to, that's, it's going to be either Norm or Terrence Davis. My guess would be, it's probably going to be Terrence Davis because Norm had another pretty solid game, 15 points in this game, 6-12 from the floor, but he looked active, four steals for Norman Powell. And so that's going to be the next interesting thing. But again, great problems to have if you are a Toronto Raptors fan. And huge shouts to you guys for tuning into the podcast, whether you are on Twitter or on Instagram. 
Really appreciate you guys. Here's a question. Uh, you can lessen Lowry's minutes. Having an overabundance of players off the bench who can make an impact is a great problem to have. It's true, and people forget that last year, so even though I think the stat they showed earlier, right, this year and last year the Raps were 14-4. and four. I think they were both 15-4 and four, if you go back to last year too. I think the Raps got to like 20-4 and four last year. But the thing to remember about last season when you compare all the numbers and the records, the Raps were playing, they were just mixing and matching lineups every single night. Like, there wasn't a constant flow of the Raptors lineups. Because if you remember, Serge got hurt. JV got hurt. Norm got hurt. Fred got hurt. And then you had the Kawhi load management. So Nick Nurse was shuffling the lineup so much last year. And so all these things that we're going to compare to last season's record to this season's record, you got to remember, if the Raps played their full team for the whole season last year, the team probably wins like 64, 65 games last year. I'm just saying. So I just get weird with the narratives that we keep pitching and trying to compare this year to last year. Like, enjoy last year for what it was. It was a big-ass championship. And enjoy the fact that you're still able to defend that shit this year on a very high level. I don't need to diminish last year by do I enjoy this season better. Don't need to do that. Last year was big. This year is big. The Raptors are on a wave. Enjoy the ride. But again, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Whether you are tuning in live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, where you can find this podcast after each and every Toronto Raptors game, or you can find us on Instagram, same thing there, taking comments and questions. And shout to the, the regulars always there. Glow Girl Smile, DJ Raymond, Pastor Wesley, Alex, uh, DJ Raymond, DVAD. Huge shouts to you guys. Fly Miss, always got the regulars tuning in on Instagram. Tammy, Alexander, really appreciate you guys. We got a good wave going of people chiming in. Why? Because the Raptors are a good team. And we, as the people, deserve a place to talk about how good our team is because they're the defending champs so thank you guys again for tuning in and of course if you ever miss an episode like and subscribe rate us itunes soundcloud spotify google play youtube again on blast podcast that's the network wrap it up is the show like us and tell your friends because the raps are on a run and they win another game a big boy game. They were up by as many as 40 in this game, but still win 130 to 110 over the Utah Jazz. Your Toronto Raptors now move to 9-0 at home, still undefeated, one of four undefeated teams at home. Raptors now one winners of seven in a row and improved to 15-4 on the year. Pascal Siakam leading the way with 35 points. Freddie Van Fleet with 21-11-5 doing work. I think Kyle Lowry might be on the way. Serge Ibaka came back tonight. Either way, things are good in Raptors land, and they better be because Miami comes in on Tuesday, and that is a tough, tough team. I look forward to it. I love me the big boy game, so this week's going to be fun. So thank you guys for joining me, and I hope that you will join me all week long, all season long, as we continue to blow up what is this, the Wrap It Up podcast, because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. 
Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.